Welcome to the Evolve Mindset. My name is Chelsea Browse, but most know me online as Chelsbra. I'm an awakening mentor and somatic sexologist who's passionate about the continuous evolution of consciousness. If you're looking to evolve your sex life, career, relationships, finances, or health, then it begins with your mindset and this podcast is for you. My goal is to use this container to provide the tools, knowledge, and insights to further your potential and evolution. I know we're going to have so much fun together, so thank you so much for pressing play and let's evolve. Hello, my beautiful soul fam. Thank you so much for joining me in today's episode. I am so excited to introduce Andrew Anthony. He is an embodied sexuality facilitator and a nude yoga instructor. He holds presence for both men and women in person and online to help guide them into sexual embodiment to heal, to be, and to create. As a gay man, Andrew is a proud member of the LGBT plus community and has a vision of empowering gay men to find their authentic and real sexual expression beyond gay cultural expectations and hypersexualization. Can't wait to dive into this episode. We talk a lot about porn, how it's affected him and affected myself, and how it we've evolved it by being conscious beings and utilizing it as not a stigmatization, but as a an awareness to reach our highest highest selves. Mm, thank you guys so much. I'm so honored you're here with me in this journey. Let's get into it. Thank you so much for joining me today, Andrew. I appreciate you for hopping on this episode at the Evolve Mindset Podcast. Awesome. I'm super down to be here. Yay, <laughs> thank you. So today, I would love to talk to you about porn. I feel like people just are not talking about it enough. Um, the effects on us in the long term from our early development years to today. So. I'd love to ask you before we dive into that, um, if you'd like to share like a little introductory of yourself, like who are you? What's going on in your life? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I'm Andrew. I am from Australia and I am a sacred sexuality practitioner. I am a student of Victoria Redbard's School of an Institute of New Paradigm Intimacy. So I'm currently diving deep into facilitating a self-pleasure practice. Um, and for me, this has just been an expansion of a journey in yoga. I'm a yoga teacher as well. So I teach, you know, run of the mill, what you expect yoga to be, but I also teach nude yoga for men, um, both in group contexts and in private contexts as well. And this work is just an extension of the, the the deep dive into yoga and then evolving into tantra um and into some of these sacred practices so yeah that's that's a little bit about me and i'm i'm really leaning into this year in 2021 what's really dropping in for me is uh guiding people in like somatic descent practice so like getting tribal <laughs> Yeah. 
Beautiful. That is so juicy. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've never done the naked yoga before, but there is a place uh, downtown where I live in Winnipeg and I have heard of them doing naked yoga. Um, this is way before my own sexuality studies and way before my conscious life. So I was very edgy mm. for me. Um, but it's always been in the back of my mind. Like what, what could you say to people that are thinking about it and just, I guess, afraid? Everyone's afraid at first to do it. And actually the reason I did it originally was because I was a yoga teacher who was afraid to do naked yoga. So let alone people who aren't teaching Mm. yoga, it's of course scary for everybody. And my, I always tell students who are interested that the best thing about naked yoga is you just come as you are. There's just nothing because you're literally nude. There's nothing there. You can't be wearing anything to like create a status or an image. It's just you showing up super authentically, super raw, and everyone else is also in their vulnerability. And so it's actually such a safe space. And I would say to just lean into the discomfort of just getting over that little bit of nerves to get into the class, because once you're there, it very, very quickly melts away. Yeah. Mm. Mm. beautiful thank you um so now I'd really love to ask you uh because for me for porn we're gonna switch Mm -hmm. over back here um I discovered it at I feel like a pretty young age by complete Mm. accident and when that happened uh maybe a little bit scarring (laughs) because I actually to, to be quite honest the very first porn um video that I saw this is very explicit listeners um was a man shoving his bald head inside of a woman's (laughs) that was the first one I saw (laughs) when I was 13 or 14 years old so it was quite in my face (laughs) to say the least so I'd love to know when did you discover porn and how did how did you react Mm, oh I feel for you that's like a mess (laughs) That's like a shock porn thing like that. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So I don't know if I'm truly conscious of the very first time that I've just, that I discovered porn. Um, Mm -hmm. But I do remember just sort of like innocently. So I, me and my brother grew up in the sort of like the dawning of when the internet was becoming more mainstream. Right. So I remember being a baby 13 or something and like on the family computer with like dial up internet and you know all of Mm -hmm. those things and so I definitely discovered porn online because I was it was still it was available then but it was very much like I think it was like me and my brother just like being like being like ha 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 let's google balls on google images and just see what comes up let's google boobs and see what comes up if we do that Mm -hmm. And so that was how I started to discover like erotic content. Um, And then from there, I think it was just my own curiosity. It was like, oh, this is something that I have access to. And so then from there, it was like that sort of like pubescent desire that just drove me to then keep using the internet to find things. 
And I think it really did start off as like, a, what is this? I can't believe like this is a, this is a thing. Like, wow, we have access to this. Um, and yeah, it did start off in that very like curious curious way. And the thing is, though, I do also remember, you know, that sort of shock shock. I don't know if I guess it's porn. The shock porn stuff that goes around is like a viral thing. I remember that being. I remember that mm-hmm. being a thing at school as yeah. well, though. So like they that would go around as being like, whoa, I can't believe this is this is crazy, as opposed to like, well, this is like a sexual porn thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm, thank you mm-hmm. for sharing that. And um, what do you think your relationship or what is your relationship like um, before you discovered um I guess, sacred sexuality and being more conscious towards Mm. it. So um, my relationship to porn before I discovered sacred sexuality was honestly toxic and Mm. debilitating, actually. So for me, it was... I felt like I was hiding something like I was hiding and porn was something that was like a dirty secret that existed in, in the shadow, you know, and I, what started off, I think as a young, young person curious about pornography and just like really being quite innocent in that desire to, to view explicit content. I, when I, when I first actually had like had a sexual encounter with somebody with another man that was horrible, (laughs) like it just wasn't a very good encounter, Mm -hmm. consensual, but just not great. Um, Mm -hmm. I actually, then there was a shift in my relationship to pornography and I started to express my sexuality through watching and being exposed to pornography because it was kind of as as vulnerable as I was willing to get. And that was a way of protecting myself, which I think really started to, yeah, that's why it became quite toxic for me because, you know, I mean, there's porn, but then there's also so many other things that exist online sexually. So like there's chat cams, whether that's cam to cam or whether that's like watching someone else. And so I get that's pornographic and sexual in nature as well, but it's almost like it's like the expansion of just viewing something that's been pre-recorded. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. I started to really go into that cam world, not like being paid or anything to do that, um, but rather it was more of a, yeah, like a, a cam on cam sort of situation with anonymous men that was really just a tick and flick for for everyone involved, um, which was really depleting. And, you know, that search for something more, that search for connection or for intimacy or to be seen even um, and sort of outsourcing that to something that's never going to give it back to you in that way um, became really debilitating and really just went, my sexuality just was going like shuddering down and, it, it was very mm. contracted mm. right thank you for sharing that's beautiful 
um in that case like it makes me think like how do you how did you see relationships in that time when you were doing a lot of the cam mm-hmm. stuff and that stuff I guess behind the scenes even um as in how do I see like how did I see intimate relationships like partners and stuff mm-hmm. there was that longing you know that longing and that desire to find somebody that you know that I that I really gelled with and that that saw me and that I felt connected to and the inability to hold enough vulnerability in order for that to occur like in order to 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 allow somebody in and so what actually ended up happening I manifested just a series of very lackluster unfulfilling relationships and that started off like terrible (laughs) um and then I mean nothing's nothing's terrible like nothing's a regret or anything you know all those things but they just started Mm -hmm. off like very not fulfilling and they slowly as I started to expand my awareness I saw the shift in my relationships start to become a little bit more uh connecting but nevertheless nothing that really that really felt nourishing in that way and I just want to speak to like um I think like I want to speak a little bit to gay culture if that's okay with you for sure definitely please um so I tried the grinder thing uh and that just Mm -hmm didn't really work well I I did a study abroad overseas for a year in the UK which was the perfect time to explore my sexuality as a young person definitely and what does a gay Mm -hmm. man typically do in this day and age pull up grinder and sort of find that 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 hookup Mm -hmm. and I can only speak to my experience of that personally, and I don't want to speak on behalf of the gay community that utilized that platform. However, what I found was just a series of very unnourishing experiences that sure Mm. connected, connected sexually, but didn't connect in a way that actually like fulfilled me or made me feel seen, safe, whole, And so it was constantly Mm. this, like, this trying to fill an emptiness inside of me through connection, which was very artificial. Mm. Mm -hmm. Totally. And I can speak to, um, I feel like it's more a collective thing when it comes to uh, those quick um, transactional apps, like even like Tinder. Like I, I personally have been in, Hmm, a fairly long-term relationship. So I actually, I was in a relationship just before all those apps became really popular. So I didn't really experience it, but I can speak to it from speaking to all all of my single friends. They've been in Grindr, they've been in Tinder, they've been in, uh, what's the other one, Bumble and uh, Hinge, I think is a new one. I don't even know how I know all of them. Like I'm not on any of them, but I know them. (laughs) But just seeing, yeah, but just seeing all my friends use, utilize them. Um, they were all just like, okay, I'm going on a date and you know, it's one day and okay, I'm going to message you the clown face. If you need to come and rescue me, like, okay, I'm right there for you. 
but then it was just <laughs> yeah we had the, the girl yeah. code and whatever but like it was just like this merry-go-round of this transactional hookups is what it really ended up being and like for me the friends that I knew that were on these apps, they were looking for some more, like more connection. Um, but it just seemed like the people that they're interacting with just weren't on the same page with them. So not only were they attracting these kind of people, but they were just kind of going through it, you know, in this, mm, this way that I feel like our collective now is approaching dating is like instant, quick, everything's now. Like there's no more of that, like those baby steps in relationship. People aren't having those intimate conversations. People aren't having those intimate cups of coffee, those 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 cute little dates. Like they're not doing that kind of stuff anymore. And I really feel like it's harming the way um, our culture's going about the like dating mm. now. Yeah, I think like when it's when it's very unconscious, if you know if we are doing it if we are using those platforms in a way that's unconscious trying to fulfill a need that's yeah not you know we're not really aware of what we want but we know that there's something that feels missing or something that you know that's when I think it can start to yeah it can start to really derail and um yeah not be that beneficial as you were speaking to I think that the different apps like that have different intentions in a way so you know you can sort mm, of you can choose you can choose and place yourself in ones which are going to be I guess a little bit more in alignment with what you are after but mm-hmm. nevertheless yeah there's this sort of like this transactional nature of relating which sure might be fun and fast and very 2021 but it's not (laughs) I guess there's I think we all need to ask that deeper question of like well what's actually like in alignment with what I truly desire um which could be transactional fun and fast but Mm -hmm. I would say a lot for a lot of people it's probably a little bit deeper than that or a little bit more slow and connected Mm -hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. definitely I feel like it's human nature to have that that deep connection um being able to to have that intimacy to to take the time to talk to really just feel the body I feel like that deep connection comes for me I don't know I feel like it comes with really understanding the person a little mm. bit more for me as well and yeah <laughs> I think I think that yeah if people are truly truly aware of what their thing is then I say go for gold but yes not when it's a disharmony Mm -hmm. I feel that too Mm. Mm -hmm. I know um for me I'm going to be as bold to say that I feel like I was pretty addicted to porn at one point and this was like me I couldn't go to sleep without Mm. masturbating and without that masturbation I needed to watch porn because I couldn't get mm-hmm. off <laughs> and I know for me too like when this was happening I went down this rabbit hole of just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and it's because like nothing's doing it for you anymore it's like you need like this next mm, it just to be like this higher arousal or just like this more uh, I don't even know the right word for right now just something more mm, like something new help me out here 
something new exactly thank you and when you're scrolling through porn if you're looking for something new it's getting pretty uh, in your face yeah <laughs> so i've had i've had moments where i'm scrolling and i'm watching i'm like what the fuck did i just watch <laughs> and yet i still got got my one and done with it um yeah, so I'm, I'm just wondering if you've ever experienced anything like that. I feel like it's almost like a numbing mechanism when you're scrolling that deep or just really watching it mm, that often. I definitely have. And yeah, like for me, I can speak to like, you know, scrolling and trying to find that perfect finishing video or something that's going to have mm. that kick. And right. And <laughs> like, I'm sure there's guys that can relate to this. Like sometimes it would be like, this one's just not good enough. But then by the time the next one's loaded, you've already <laughs> yeah. ejaculated and it's all said and done. And there's kind of this like, damn it, missed the moment. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you yeah. know, sometimes. I, I've been there too. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Ironically oh, though, <laughs> that's an opportunity for you to go into your body, not to be mm. you know that's what we're doing like we're like putting all of our all of our attention outside of us and so mm. how can we expect to feel the depth of our aliveness and our orgasm and our sexuality when we're with a partner when when we're in our own practice we're completely putting it all into the external you know it's it's actually doesn't mm. even make sense like it's yeah it's like it's completely I don't know I feel like for a lot of us we like with a partner we want it to be very intimate just the two of us or the whoever whereas if it's a, if we're conditioned to really really just use porn it's like where the, the connection to this to the self dies unless we're very conscious around the sacred yes. sexuality or the self-pleasure practice in a way which is more aligned hmm. Mm -hmm. I know um, when I started uh, with the course that we're, we're both going through um, and I actually started self-pleasure for the first time in my life, uh, like porn doesn't do it for me anymore. Like it just, it's, it like, like sitting at, like looking at a screen, um, it just, it like, I don't know, it, it just does not make any sense for me. Like I just cannot bring myself to do it or the desire to do it because not only do you discover the aliveness that's found within you in your own self-pleasure practice but you really don't even need a visual stimulation stimulation fully and because we're in self-pleasure practice you're actually becoming aware of the subtlety so we're refining our mm -hmm. ability to feel not like making it more and more numb <laughs> exactly mm. yes totally yeah and I'm just curious though sure um for like your kind of I guess the the journey that you've had uh with porn and um webcam, webcam mm. and all that um how did it impact your sexuality and your sex life? I know we touched about it a little bit, but I'd love to know. Yeah. More. So I was sharing before about my relationships being lackluster and that was completely reflected as well in my sexual like experiences in and out of those relationships. And so I was in this, this situation where I could connect into my sexuality when I was alone, 
watching porn most likely yet I was finding like uh performance blocks when I was uh in being intimate or trying Mm -hmm. to be intimate with other men and there was this sort of need to please coming through like this 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 need to perform uh this need to be hard erect ready to go like at a moment's notice maintain that erection the whole time Mm -hmm. these are the rules this means success um and when my body wasn't able to do that because I wasn't connected to my body enough then that created like shame spirals and just like almost like uh like a leaving of the body, like, like a, almost Mm -hmm. like a, like a mild trauma response, like leaving the body and just sort of being a bit disassociated through the whole thing. And that wasn't pleasing for me or for my partner. And I found like my partners would, we would never truly be able to connect intimately. There just didn't seem to be a connection there that felt really nourishing for both of us. It always felt really, I guess, just a bit sad really so um mm. yeah like I think that porn definitely played a part of that and not only in my relationship my relationship to being in a habitual pattern of accessing pornography or cams and just yeah disconnecting because I was almost disassociating in that as well right because I'm mm-hmm going through a pattern of just yeah getting it off and I'm not in my body really maybe I'm in my cock space maybe I'm feeling there but where's the connection to anything else my heart my breath mm-hmm. and so yeah that that translated the exact same situation just sort of disassociating or just not being in my body is probably a better way of phrasing it and that was carrying on completely into what I was experiencing with my partners as well. And as if it wouldn't, like, mm-hmm. that's how I was conditioning my sexuality to show up for me. So um, mm-hmm. it was, totally. it was, you know, I spent, I'm 20, I'm 27 now. And the majority of my late teens and early twenties was, was very, sexually contracted and it wasn't fulfilling and it wasn't this Hollywood expansive go and find yourself and just fuck everyone like it wasn't that at all like um it was a deeply private and personal shame I would say Mm. thank you for sharing Mm. that Mm. yeah I know for me, porn and my sex life, oof, like where do I begin? Like for me, like I would, I, I was just grew up watching porn. Like this was something I, and I wasn't ashamed to watch, like exp- like telling people I watched it. Um, I didn't tell them what I liked to watch and I did not tell them how much I actually watched it. Like that I was a little maybe ashamed about, but I always told people that I watched porn because 
if, if to me it seemed like when the girls would admit to the guys that oh yeah I watch porn like it turned them on in a way so as it was almost like a bragging right for me for growing up to say that so there's that kind of performing aspect that I was putting on but with porn itself what I learned was like women need to arch their back a certain way women need to have big breasts they need to have this like cute tight pussy and they need to have the big butt like they, they just needed to look look and act a certain way and they need to be wet and ready all the time that's what I learned from porn so for me in my sex life it literally was like I needed to perform and turn myself on like that and I need to be ready to go and so when I wasn't ready to go I, I felt so much shame I felt so much like guilt like what's wrong with me I can't give this to my partner I can't do this like I my back is killing me I can't arch it like that you know <laughs> like, <laughs> like all like all these like all this kind of stuff's mm. going through my head and I'm in my head in the moment I'm not really in my body like you're saying for yourself so it's just this massive disconnect and really not only hurting my own sex life but it's obviously hurting it for my partner too because we're both not getting that full body experience and really embodying mm. it so yeah I mean it's it's really affected me too and I can totally tell too like with my partner like now and then like past partners too um like the way like if for example if they weren't fully hard the whole time and there was like like the slightest little inclination of them not being hard, I can immediately tell that that it set them. And of course, they're not going to be hard anymore <laughs> because now they're upset. Mm. So yeah, like I could totally see the effects on my sex life clearly with all of that. Mm. And then like, it sounds like we've, like I'm in a, like in a penis body or in a, in a yoni body. And it's like, similar experiences yeah. with this 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 replication yes. and I, I I just want to speak to something in that I think it's talked about that mm -hmm. people we that we watch porn and then it's like oh now we're learning that this is what it should be there was always this part of me that was yeah. like no that's not me like I'm a bit like I'm not stupid mm. like I understand that that's it's all like filmed and but then there's that there's mm -hmm. that almost it's like it's all it's really subconscious in a way like you're doing these things you're not thinking oh now I need to like it's it sort of just comes through and there's that almost the conditioning of ourselves through the repetition of watching this imagery and this performance pace because ultimately we're watching we're watching a performance even if it's an exhibitionist doing his solo jerk off or whatever and it's not this paid um porn industry piece it's still somebody else performing for the audience that they're expecting and so mm -hmm. we're always watching a performance mm -hmm. of sexuality and then what do we do we put in this idea that we need to perform for our partner or even perform for the this 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 standard that actually doesn't exist about the way that sex is meant to be or meant to look or meant to show up or even meant to feel Mm, mm -hmm. and it's such bullshit <laughs> exactly it is fucking I call yeah. bullshit <laughs> fucking and there's bullshit. no intimacy there <laughs> I totally agree none none at all because like you're really just worried about how you look and you're you're worried about being in a replica like this exact resemblance of something that in for for the listeners like a lot of those porn um actors and actresses <laughs> 
they're just performing and they're not even enjoying it half the time. So you need to understand if you're mimicking what you're seeing and, and they're already not feeling it, chances are it's not going to feel that great mm. for you either. I've heard of I've heard of porn stars that love what they do. And I have too. And then totally. like and that's that's great. Like um and I think there's something to say that like explicit material pornography can be consumed and created consciously. However, I would also suggest mm-hmm. that even then you can decide to tune into that, but you don't, you really don't have to in, especially not to in, ignite mm-hmm. your own arousal. Yeah. Yes. I feel like when you're doing it on a religious time frame and you're doing it specifically to with a with that um, transactional outcome. Like you're specifically going in to masturbate and ejaculate, and that's all you're trying to do. And if this is happening on a constant basis, I feel like that's really affecting your subconscious. That's really affecting your behavior, and it's creating patterns. And it, ultimately, it will affect your sex mm-hmm. life. Um, I'm only mainly I'm speaking from experience, and I have also been doing actually a lot of reading on hypnosis Mm. and you'll be it's really interesting to find that simply scrolling on instagram you're hypnotized like that is a form of hypnosis same with watching tv netflix like things like that and the same thing goes for porn and when you're getting hypnotized you're literally getting subliminal messages so it's it's really important that we're aware of what it is we are literally scrolling whether it be instagram what what is it you're seeing on your instagram and your feed netflix what kind of shows do you watch are they serial killers i used to be obsessed with watching serial killers and (laughs) i feel like a lot of people could feel that but that being the case like (laughs) think about the content you know what i mean like this is something you're religiously watching it's subconsciously affects you it's a hypnosis and same thing goes for porn what kind of porn are you watching Mm. (laughs) how is that affecting you it's it's really important just to to grow that awareness absolutely and that awareness can then extend from just becoming aware of what you're actually watching and consuming into like like how are you connecting into your body because that can be a really great Mm. I've actually heard of this yogi guy that does like porn yoga where he instructs people to basically to just feel their body as they're watching pornography. And if I can just Mm. do a quick um, segue as part of my own development Mm -hmm. through going through the the Institute of new paradigm intimacy, because I, I went through this like porn dependency And then as I came into sacred sexuality, I almost slipped it entirely where I pushed it away completely, porn abstinent. Mm -hmm. But then that started to develop into Mm -hmm. almost like a fear of porn or if um, the partner that I'm with now, which is sort of like explained to me that he he watches porn and that created like an actual trauma response in my body to the point where I had to like, I was Mm. like, I, I was gone, like, the fight or flight mechanism was engaged. Mm-hmm. And so through, through just witnessing that and holding, I guess, the presence and the awareness to that, there, there came this process of like the, the school was like, all right, now you need to watch porn <laughs> and do it in a conscious way. Yes. And so I actually mm-hmm. then 
started watching it and started noticing the way that my body and my energy was being affected by porn. And then I kind of went back into mm-hmm. this two weeks of almost being almost re-addicted to pornography, like watching or consuming it every other every other day or something, um, which is, was interesting mm-hmm. to witness, witness an old patterning represent itself. But then what happened when I mm-hmm. changed my relationship, there was no more shame. It wasn't like, oh, I'm doing this in secret. It's like, no, I'm going to do this consciously and I'm going to bring my awareness to it and I'm going to feel my body and I'm going to feel the desire to watch this, but also be conscious around what my actual experience and sensation is during this. I found that similarly to what you were saying previously about how the desire to just watch porn starts to fade away, I'm experience, I've experienced mm-hmm. a, a, the same thing. And I knew that we were going to have this chat and I actually, I watched a little bit of porn yesterday and it was, you know, mm-hmm. it was this tantric fitness guru guy. He's like this gay tantra guide. It sounds yeah, hot. he's a daddy. Like, <laughs> what am I going to say? <laughs> he's a daddy. <laughs> and he's hot as hell. <laughs> Don't blame me then. And then I started just following the hypnosis almost like following one video to the next and the next. And then I, and then Mm -hmm. quite quickly, I was like, this is not feeling like good in my body. This actually feels like it's shutting my energy down. And so Mm. it wasn't that I was coming into an opening of my arousal and an aliveness that felt expansive but rather it was like a, a funneling of my arousal into this like pinpoint and maybe just around my, yes. my cock and then just feeling the rest of my body shutting down heart space. Where was it? I don't mm-hmm. know. Like, and so that's the sort of awareness where it can be like, well, if this is what this is doing to me now, then I'm not rejecting pornography and saying that it's a bad thing but just choosing something else that, that there's another way to connect mm-hmm. to yourself intimately. And it doesn't have to involve pornography in the way that we're pretty much all been used to doing it. The yeah. normal. Yeah. I love all of it. That's so beautiful that really mm, there's something I like to, I guess I'll quote unquote live by it's like transcend and, in, and include. So Essentially, that means like as we grow and elevate our into our highest self um, and we're learning, let's say, for example, porn. Um, this is something that we grew and we saw it in our 3D self at one point. And as we elevate, we see it in a different light. We grow in awareness. We become conscious. We see it in different ways. Now, we can either reject it, um, which we develop an allergy toward it, and we just basically have this trauma or hate it, or just, we, you know, we preach bad things about it or we transcend and include it. So we understand it's there. And like you said, it's not good. It's not bad. And we know it's just this thing. That's part of us. There's no attachment. There's no expectation. It's just there. And when we transcend and include it, that's actually how we can elevate into this newer level of this, this highest self that we can be. Um, actually learned this from a book and I can't remember what it was called, but I find it such an amazing and beautiful practice, even for simple things like our ego. Um, People like to believe like death to the ego. And then you develop these allergies and this mentality where you like, for example, let's say hmm, you become um, 
really anti against like recycling. So when you meet someone that doesn't recycle, you're going to like have this hate and this like this, this um, hostility towards them and just everything that they do because they don't recycle. But if you transcend and include it, you can accept and sympathize where they're coming from and have compassion for them. And it just, it's a completely different perspective. Same thing that like I'm seeing with you and your, your new realization with in relationship with porn, where you just, you know, it's not, it's not bad. It's, it's not good. It's just really, it's just this thing. I love yeah, that. And I think really, if we're, if we're all trying to, uh, you know, grow and become we're always trying to just fulfill the most, the most peaceful us, right? And that's always yes. an, uh, an integration piece, you know. I think the, the whole idea of like killing the ego or killing the this or killing porn completely, like, you know, we, we do live in this reality ultimately and that stuff is going to be around. And so mm. it's really like what, what do I choose consciously to engage in? And is that actually in resonance with, with who I am and what I stand for? And, and, and then it's, yeah, it's just about if it's not letting it exist for the other people where right now their frequency is drawn to that. Because I was, we were there, like there was a time in our life where we were like insects to a light. You know what I mean? It was like, Oh, that's that's the porn that's what we need that's what that's what I need right now and that no longer serves the same the same purpose for us and I feel like at the same time there's many there's so many people out there that that's still playing itself out in that way yeah and so I never want to reject pornography or suggest that if you're utilizing pornography that you're a bad person you dirty non-recycler exactly <laughs> you know <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> but it's just that there is there is the opportunity to really just decide whether or not it's actually fulfilling what you need and Exactly. just relearning re repatterning reconditioning reconditioning or more like deconditioning um yes yourself out of that that old that old paradigm of your sexual expression mm, that is so beautiful ah, thank you so much andrew i really appreciate your time and everything you've shared today um, i'd love to give you the floor now um, and give you this opportunity to share how people can reach you, how they can interact with you, your social media, mm -hmm. anything. So I'm warrior kind. So that's like warrior, warrior one, um, the yoga pose. Uh, warrior kind is is how I, how I show up on the socials. So um, I'm on Facebook at hello warrior. I'm on Instagram at warrior.kind. And I'm on TikTok at warrior.kind. And I'm finding that on TikTok is where I'm really drawn to sharing the, the, the pieces around sexuality and around this, this, this new paradigm of, of sexuality. And uh, so that's, that's, if you're sort of after that sexuality related content, that's where it's going to be predominantly. Beautiful. Mm, thank you again so much Andrew thank you I really I love talking about porn <laughs>
Thank you so much for joining me with today's episode. If you love what you heard, be sure to share it with me by leaving a review on your listening platform so I can keep the goodness coming your way. If you aren't already following me on social media, you can interact with me and enjoy daily inspiration on Instagram at Chelsbra or visiting my website for one-to-one mentoring at chelsbra.com. I love you and appreciate you so much and can't wait to connect again in the next episode. Until then, turn your magic on loves and keep evolving.